Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the latest episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davison. Mark, how's it going? G'day, Matty. How are we doing? G'day, uh, behind the Steeler curtain fans out there. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are now 6-0 and or 6-0. and um, I honestly, I cannot believe how well we are playing. Um, in, in my lifetime as, as a Steeler fan, this is, you know, we're on a big journey where we're chasing seven. How are you feeling, Matty? Yeah, mate, like six and zero, you can't argue with that. Like, it's just, you can't ask anything more of that. And we, you know, we'll get into performances for last week and preview, preview this week's matchup against the Baltimore Ravens coming up. But, you know, six and zero, I think it's the first time since 1978. We know what happened in that year. The Steelers got another Super Bowl. Um, so we're right on track and we're where we want to be. And, you know, Steelers fans only have to remember to last year where we won eight games in the entire season. <laughs> you know, we're pretty much there, you know, we're 75% of the win total from last year. So it's a great place to be. Um, but look, listeners, welcome to another episode. We, this week's episode is titled round one of the black and purple title fight. That big matchup that's going to leave both teams black and purple. That massive, massive matchup that's going to go a long way to deciding who takes the AFC North and, quite frankly, who might take the, take the AFC. But before we get into previewing, previewing this week's game against the Ravens, Mark, hard to go past last week's game against the Titans. What were your feelings coming out of that one? You know what? When the when the Steelers came out and had you know had a great half in, in the first half, up like twenty one points or um, something like that, I thought it was a really good game of football. Uh, many fans uh, out there thought you know we let them come back into the game, but you've got Derrick Henry, you've got uh, Ryan Tannehill. The Tennessee Titans played a really good brand of football, um, and you know we snuck away with the win with a missed field goal, and I you know I, I was so happy to to see that, but. Overall, like I liked how Big Ben played, and I liked how even in the, the our first drive of the game was, you know, and you might chime in a little bit of this as well. But our first drive of the game, when the Steelers went 16 plays under nine minutes, like that was just as a football fan, that was so cool and creative to to watch, you know. Well, and they finally beat that record of, of yeah. the touchdowns, right? And like after the game, a lot of reporters asked that question and whether it was Tomlin or Roethlisberger, they were pretty much just like, we did it to shut you all up kind of thing. But at least we know the Steelers still got it. And as you said, Mark, like to go into halftime against the Titans 24-7, like that was terrific. I mean, you know, I saw a bit of discussion about whether you, instead of then going for it at the end there, whether they make a quick play and try and get a field goal and go up in 27-7. But at the end of the day, they they won the game, and and as you said, it was it was the way the offense you know held that ball, and I know the Scobros covered covered it in their show this week, but really how the offense was kind of the best defense where they held yeah. onto the ball because you don't have the ball, you can't score, and I think that might have been the title of their show. It's one that I've I've heard often growing up playing sport that you know the the team the other team with the you know can't score if you if you don't give them the ball, but the way they were able to do that. I, it was just clinical. Yeah, well, I'm starting to think, like, what do, as Steelers fans, do we... How much more do we want? Like, the coaching staff is doing such a great job. Um, Big Big Ben is, you know, we're, we're 6-0. and um, We're just playing f- phenomenal football. And I'm starting to really get hyped up. I'm, I'm always hyped up anyway as a Steelers fan. 
if we have a bad team, we have duck in there. I still think we're going to win. But this year, I'm I'm really getting on the on the hype train where I think we can win any game. This game coming up, I think we can win. Um, if I just want to go for the list a little bit here, so you know we've beaten the New York Giants, we've beaten Denver, we've beaten Houston, we took care of Philadelphia, Cleveland, a big win, you know, and then we had Tennessee and we we snuck away with a win. This is something really really special, and we just got to keep going forward. But with the people we have in place, I don't. I do not really, I don't see too many losses, but every game we start zero and zero, I'm an optimistic and you have a chance. If we can get a field goal, we're winning and we can hold that lead for the end of the game. I just think every week we have a chance now. And against the Ravens, it's going to be a tough matchup, but we have a big, big chance this week. That's it, Mark. And I think you, you think you hit the nail on the head there when you talk about Steelers fans and, you know, some people still being disappointed. Like, you know, some of the feedback of, yes, they let the Titans back in. And I know when we were talking after the game, you were sort of like the Titans were always going to come back like they have done all this year. But equally, the field goal for the Titans wouldn't have won the game. It would have sent it to overtime. It wasn't like the Steelers sat there and had the game on the line necessarily. Yeah, I mean, yes, they had the game on the line, but they weren't sitting there at a facing a loss if he got the kick. So, you know, I, I do think Steelers fans need to soak this up because at the end of the day, like, and I know we show our age here, but... The, the Steelers haven't gone 6-0 and since 12 to 13 years before you and I were born. I, I really think we could, you know, and there are so many uh, diehard fans out there and, you know, um, you know, we are positive and some are a tiny bit negative, but this is really crazy time right now. 6-0, and 6-0. and zero. Our Steelers are really playing good football all over the park. Like our corners are starting to do better. Um, Big Ben, the way that he controls his offense and on that that drive, he is really doing a, a management of pick your poison. And how fun is that to watch when he when he slung that ball to to DJ, and he, uh, DJ stuck his toes in the ground and did a one eighty and turned around for the touchdown. There's just yeah, there are just so many things as as a fan, it's just special. Sorry, Maddie. No, no, no. Like, I, I, I love the passion, mate. Like, and, and the thing for me, well, there's two things. Firstly, is it's, we talked a lot about before the season when the COVID restrictions were and, and implications were coming out around the teams with veteran, veteran quarterbacks and coaches that were well drilled and well prepared would do, would do well this season. And I think this, like the Steelers embody that. They've got the veteran quarterback. They've got a coach that's been there for like, he's in his 13th season in the league, you know, at, at, as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're starting to see that come to fruition. Secondly, as you say there, pick the poison. I mean, Juju, nine receptions, 85 yards, average of 9.4. Deontay, nine receptions, 80 yards, uh, average of 8.9. We know he got the two touchdowns. Like, both of them had a 15 and 14 targets. Ebron, six receptions, 50 yards, average of 8.3. James Connor, three receptions, 29 yards, 9.7. A couple there for Vance McDonald, a couple there for Ray Ray, you know, one there, you know, reception there for Chase Claypool where he went backward. And a lot of people are like, well, where's Chase Claypool, you know, when Deontay Johnson's in, he doesn't get the ball. I saw that in the live chat of the post-game show. And I had a few questions for the person because it doesn't it doesn't matter that, yeah. you know, he's how, how much more open is Claypool making a Deontay or a James Washington or, you know, who didn't happen to get any catches on the day and he only had one target? Like, it doesn't matter who gets the ball. It matters that someone's getting the ball and it matters that Ben's making good throws. 
Exactly. And that's how fast we react now in this modern day age of 2020. And um, we want it now mentality. Claypool goes out, has a huge game at four touchdowns, three, three uh, receiving and one rushing. And then we think he's going to be a uh, pro ball or future Hall of Famer, which he might. He might do that. But give the guy some space. He's still, he's still trying to figure out where he wants to eat in Pittsburgh. And he can't even go out because of COVID. So, yeah, it's amazing how, you know, we, do, we jump on these, uh, these plays and we want them to do fantastically. But even last week, we didn't, we didn't uh, Claypool was just there to be number one and, and, have, and be in the mind now. But we have DJ and Juju. I've got to say, what are they feeding Juju? Because he looks bulked up. And he, every time he, get, he catches the ball, he's pushing forward. He's knocking someone out of the way. Oh, mate, I saw him in the Pepsi ad, you know, the one on the scooter <laughs> where you can win the thing at Heinz Field, and you saw his traps. So I was like, yeah. geez, what he, are you doing? Like, He's a big dude compared to a few years ago, and he's still only 24. So you imagine what ha- what's going to happen with Claypool in the next few years. Like, this is their, this is their life. This is what they do for, their, for a living now. Um, they're football players, and they want to have, you know, the brand on the side with their YouTube. But let's, you know, relax. Like, Claypool is going to do, do his thing, and I think he has a chance for Rookie of the Year. But just because he doesn't catch any any balls in the, the last week's game doesn't mean that it's over. It's only the beginning because we know that they can take care of him now. And we'll see what happens in the Ravens game. Mate, if you think that Claypool is going to get any bigger at 238 pounds or whatever, that's going to be that's going to be ridiculous. I mean, that being said, he does actually look when you do see him on tape, you're like he's quite thin in the upper body. But but we know I know how important leg drive is as a wide receiver anyway. But yeah, as you say, it's just it's this instant gratification that we have now as fans. Like it's like, what are you doing in fantasy? Or you let me down? Or Madden? Or but the reality is, you and I can log on to Madden right now, and I, I kid you not, I did the other night. I can have three, you know, 150 plus yard games with three different wide receivers. The NFL <laughs> is the pros, and it's real life for a reason, yeah. and they're playing proper defense. So this expectation that everyone each week is going to have a hundred yard game and a couple of touchdowns. It's just not realistic. And, and they're playing to win. They're not playing to score. And equally they're when we talk about playing to win, they're running the ball to take the clock out. When you look at like the fact that big Ben is rarely, unless we're chasing a score, going to be throwing three, like even more plus three touchdowns. If you take the over and under, I would much rather this, that, the Steelers wide receivers average 55 or 60% of their touchdowns of, of what they what they could be getting if they were chasing 30-point leads because we're kneeling the football at the end of the game and we're running down the clock and going 6-0. and oh. Like, as you say, it's one of the it's one of these ones where it's like, we're disappointed if they go 4-2, and two, but everyone's got these great stats, or are we happen, are we happy with 6-0 and oh, and, you know what, not everyone's going to get a 100-yard game. Like, I, I don't get it. Well, I just wish we could wait until the end of the season. Like, it really is that instant uh, gratification kind of kind of style, and uh, and that's you know that's kind of it's kind of cool in some retrospects. But really, we just got to wait till the end of the season. And if we go fourteen to it, then the season we go. Oh, Claypool had a massive season this year. Let's you know, as fans, let's let's you know look at it then. But right now, I'm getting this real big feeling. We just got to relax, enjoy this ride. Six and zero hasn't been done for a long time. Every game we're going to now, we have a big chance to win. We're going to make Lamar run around crazy. He's not the best quarterback. We'll get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, we just got to enjoy this, Matty. That's it, mate. We've just got to chillax. Yeah, chillax. Stay down here. <laughs> Chill and relax together. you just got to chillax. Take a breath. Chillax. Um, but going back, to, going back to last week's game, 
you know, let, let's let's have a bit of a chat about the defense there. Obvious place to start is Derrick Henry. So I'm not going to start with Derrick Henry. Um, so a player that we sort of previewed last week quite a bit um, from my perspective, and I know Brian Anthony Davis is big on him as well, the big bad. Johnny Smith, I mean, one reception there, you know, at the tight end position, he should have, you know, as I told you going into last week's game of the five games that the Titans had, you know, he already had five touchdowns, should have been a safety net there for Tannehill and, and he wasn't really, you know, like and the standout there on that receiving call was AJ Brown. Yeah. I was going to say, what do you have? 150 yards? 153. 153. That's, that's pretty good, but that's, this is what we've been doing all year. We give, we give them one person, one person, then you can, you can uh, show up and play out, but that's all we're, all we're going to give you is one, one idea. hundred percent. And like, you, again, you scale back that performance. It's like the Miles Sanders performance against the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, Mm. they have these long plays. You can afford to give up the odd long pay, play. You're going to. You have a human You have human players. You've got yeah. a defense that is still six weeks in, still working it out. You've got a defense where there's no Devin Bush in pass coverage. Hands up for, for Spillane yeah. here, like in the performance he had. But like, it, it's not going to be perfect every week. Well, that's it. The other team plays too. You know, it wouldn't <laughs> be the National it. Football League for, for, for nothing if... You know, and I've been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It was one of the best best times of my life. And there's so many great Sam walking around there. And it was just amazing. And like, yeah, the Titans have to play the game. It's not built on paper. Like, I know we would all want to be, beat them by 30. And some games we can and some games we, we cannot. But their, their players turned up. And it was, a, it was a really interesting game near the end. And I think, uh, like, AJ Brown got that 75-yarder. And Minka was so close, but wasn't he kind of hesitated? Um, there was another ball that was almost picked off by Minka and a second receiver, which is lucky because I think he ran a, he ran a bad route to get there. Few few lucky bounces, and we we even gave up what three turnovers, and we still won. Exactly. In two years two years back with the 49ers game when we gave up five turnovers and we lost. So you can feel it in the air. The players can feel it. They know it. You know, if, even we don't know who their worst player is on the Steelers, but they obviously know it, and they can feel this energy and and and, and going forward. Seven and zero. I'm fired up, Maddie. <laughs> That's awesome. But and, and you talked about it there, like, and and so did the Scobros. The fact that they had three turnovers away from home against the team that played in the Super Bowl last year, that is playing good football, that managed to win games despite the COVID situation, win all their games, you know, going into last week. It's no mean feat, and we've talked about it a little bit. I think we did it probably more on last week's show than any show before, but this team is demonstrating that they know how to win. You know, there's winners and losers. And when you're losing, like you see, there's always a team. It, you know, we see it a lot in our, the different rugby sports that we have down under. But there's, it's the same in the NFL. There's always a team that loses three or four, five, six games a season by a handful of points. You know, it might be less than a touchdown that just doesn't know how to win. The Steelers well, that, know how to win. And as you say, Mark, that's what's going to make this season special. Well, that was the Chargers. And that's the Chargers. Like, I think that's written in their philosophy on their wall. In uh, I don't know what their stadium is called out that way. SoFi Stadium. But it's written in their, in their contract to give up a lead in the last four minutes as, as Rivers used to throw the ball away. So that's not, that's not in our culture. Well, for a little few years, it really, you know, we're doing here, there and everywhere. But no, we're starting to win those games and we're playing really good. I, I, I want to push us again we're playing really good team football from special teams to the defense to the offense with big ben um 
throwing routes and, and just throwing awesome touchdowns. Yeah, that's it. And now let's let we gotta talk about it. Derek Henry, twenty carries, seventy five yards, average of three point eight, his longest run of the day. He didn't even get above twenty yards, didn't really hit that second level. You know, how were you feeling when we started shutting him down? Oh, it was fantastic. Like I remember uh watching it again, I seeing uh TJ Watt coming off the edge, I think two or three times. Um, Vinny Vincenzo Williams uh, stuffed him a bit, but I just like what what our defensive line is doing, and we have to bring this play up because this play is gonna be it's gonna be talked about forever. You can hear the crack, I hear the crack from down under. Uh, Robert Spillane coming right through the guts and through the middle when he when he just knocked Henry into next to nowhere, it almost created a new universe. Like that was amazing. <laughs> it doesn't matter that they score the next player. Like I've even had uh, um. A bloke on my Steelers Nation Australia page, uh, Elijah, created a, a little film of um, uh, Return of the King, the Lord of the Rings guy. You will not pass in the next minute, you know, Spillane's in the middle. It just That's hard-nosed football. Like, you don't want that guy to do it all the time, though, because that can, can be concussion problems. But he didn't, he just re- didn't he just go right that hole? It just didn't stop. Well, that's it. Like he absolutely went for it, and like <laughs> as as I said in the in the Slack channel for the BTSC guys, like if he forces a fumble, <laughs> fans out there have got to start saying "spilly spilly." I mean, like oh, I, I can't wait for that to catch on. Um, you know, it, look, it is interesting, and it will be interesting this week. And you know, there may still be a trade move that's made there. You know, some people are thinking not. Obviously, Ulysses Gilbert started to started to you know get a bit more game time last week as well, in the coverage practice. But but you know, as Jeff said after the you know I think it was in the post game show, like at the end of the day, even if Robert Spillane has an average career, he can always show that play and oh. show what balls he's got. You know, like and it, and this is it. It's the it's plays like that that when you look back at a great season, whether it's the AFC Championship or whether it's the winning the Super Bowl, it's it's little plays like that that, that depict the character of this team, you know? Yeah. And look, listeners out there, you might be sitting here going, you, you've been hearing 15 or so minutes of Mark and I just going, oh my <laughs> God, we love the Steelers. You know, we, if you're listening to this, you probably do love the Steelers and you should. But like the reality is that we are starting to build something really, really really special and it's it doesn't come around you know Steelers only got six Super Bowls if if this is the year that it happens again you, you know you got to take favor there there are people that you know haven't seen any you know that fans like look at the Chiefs they won their first one in like 50 years last year yeah. like it we can't take these things for granted so we talked a little bit there about what they did on the offensive side of the football and the guys that you know were able to do a lot and the guy and the players that were able to not really perform that well at all. I thought Tannehill played a fairly decent game, you know, 60%, 220 yards, you know, he didn't have the best quarterback rating, but you know, you're not going to against the Steelers. You are going to get sacked. Um, I thought he did what he needed to do and he didn't throw any interceptions. I think that would have, that would have sent the, that would have put the Titans out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and a lot worse quarterbacks when they were trying to chase down that lead would have thrown in some interceptions, you know? So I think that, that spoke to Tannehill's credit. We talked a little bit about Spillane, you know, Mark, who are the other guys on the defense that you were really impressed with? Well, I like the play of, of TJ. Watt. I'd, I'd like, I want to go a little bit different route. I like what uh, Stefan Tewitt is doing. You know, there's, there's so many you can choose from. I, 
I, I really, I just, I don't. With this, the, the run defense that we have now is just so amazing to watch. And just to, when you watch the game again and you watch Stefan Tui get off his blocks or play, play a key part in a certain play and push, you know, hat on the hat, push the man backwards. This is what it's all about. And, you know, we won by, what do we work three points or something like that? Yeah. But it doesn't show on the stat sheet that these fellas or these, these you know, grown men, these these adults, these these awesome players, they know what they want. They want a Super Bowl victory. And it's coming up if they keep playing like this. Well, like, I, I'm really on the hype train now. Yeah. And... I mean, the two, the two for me, I agree that you completely back what? I mean, three tackles for a loss. That was huge. You saw that great tackle that he did down at, down in the Titans right in front of their end zone where he just t- absolutely took, you know, Derrick Henry backward. I mean, it was a terrific tackle for a loss. Um, but, you know, Vince Williams had another massive day, you know, 10 total sack, total tackles, eight solo, one sack, two tackles for a loss. Massive performance from Vince Williams there. You know, Joe Hayden also, I thought, played really well from a tackling perspective. Got that tackle for a loss too. You know, again, you, Terrell Edmonds. I mean, we talked a lot about Terrell Edmonds at the start of the, start of the season and, and how he wasn't necessarily quite on the ball. You know, if you're getting two pass defenses, you're on the, you're on the ball. Like, as for Cameron Sutton, the big, big trade rumor of the week, you know, he had two as well. You know, TJ Watt got to the two quarterback hits, so it's two it. Like, as you say, there's just this defense across the board. I mean, even Wormley had that had that quarterback hit. I mean, he won't be there this week, it looks like, but yeah. against his former team in the Ravens. But as you say, that it's the defense across the board. But interestingly, for what stood out for me as well was that it was the Titans defense that really I didn't think turned up to play that well at all. That, that's that's fair enough. Like you know, Malcolm Butler sure had a decent game. Jayon Brown did a right. You know, obviously that obviously they turned out to play and that they got the interceptions. But I don't know. I just expected a little bit more out of Clowney. Expected more out of Landry and well, their, on their outside linebacking core. Big Ben didn't get sacks last week, and I um, want to give praise to to Pouncey. I, I watched another play when you know, I encourage listeners and fans to do this if you if you have the choice and can. Try and watch the game a second time, but try and choose a player on certain players because I know the first time when you watch the game, you're always watching the running back or, or the receiver or, or with Ben. So when I watched the second time again, I watched Pouncey and I remember on one particular play, I think he shoved the defensive guy about three times. Like in the face, just went bam, bam, bam. Like, yeah, you, 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 you know, all the defense has the advantage because we're going backwards. But Pouncey is playing for, for number seven behind him. So, yeah, like, it was just a fun game to watch. Like overall, you know, Mark, he's not just playing for number seven behind him. He's <laughs> playing for number seven for the, all the Steelers players, the Steelers fan base, the organization, you know, and to get that one, get one ahead of the Patriots. So yeah, no, he's playing for seven, you know, yeah. behind him in front to the side, diagonal up, yeah. down, North, South, East, West, you know, United States, Australia, Brazil, Germany, wherever you're listening from, he's he's playing for number seven for all of us. So oh, I'd be happy to buy my beer over here if Pansy came over here. I'd be a bit scared of him, but you know, buy my beer over here for sure. Yeah, he's the sort of mate you want backing you up. That's for, <laughs> that's for certain. You know, rough and tough bloke. Look, I I just I got to go back to it. I, I think I'm I'm catching Mark's you know energy and in, in, in this you know happy fever that he's got. Like it, 
just was such a, it was such a good game. It was six and zero. Oh. And look, we got to give a call out there. We talked about this, and we brought it up actually when we when we had bad on our show a few weeks back about the fact about Colquitt. And we talked a little bit about punters, and some of you might have been sitting out there going like, "Why are these guys rabbiting mm-hmm. on for a couple of minutes about punters?" But last week it was a quick and out, or a, I can't say three and out because he played a few more games than that. But yeah. you know, almost a three and out for Dustin Colquitt, and in comes Jordan Berry, the Aussie. Um, which doesn't mean we're going to be bringing back our Barry segment. But, you know, he had an average of 50 on the day. He had a longer 51. So he's pretty, pretty, let's just call him 50s for, for both of them. Um, watched the solid press conference with him last week. He was literally a couple of weeks away from completely moving out of Pittsburgh. Um, I know he's got a young child and they were moving his family to Kentucky. But it was nice to have him back. And you know what? He performed. He, he certainly did. He didn't come into the third quarter. That's it. You know, like, um, yeah, we had the, yeah, I don't think we're going to continue the Barry stat because we actually might run out of stats. But as an Australian fan, here, we have many listeners from Australia and even on my page, we give the guy all the hope. We you know, we hope we can get this guy a Super Bowl. Um, I just uh, encourage everyone to get on, get on the, the Barry train now before the local news does or the big news, because they'll only talk about Barry when he's in the Super Bowl. And when he's in the Super Bowl, I really want to talk about the Steelers. I don't want to just talk about Barry. So um, I wish him all the luck. But I think a big reason why they brought him back was to help out Boswell and uh, Canada as well. Those these three guys have been playing together for the last few years. So he's going to help the team. He had an average of, I think, 50 yards yep. with those, those two punts. And we'll see what, what he can do. But he, as long as he doesn't stuff up too much, I think we're good. That's it. That's it. And I, and I think you just in this sort of a year where they're really putting themselves in a prime position going into the playoffs and potentially a Super Bowl, you, you've got to have familiarity. You've got to have reliability. Um, and you know what? As much as I you know, feel for anyone out there that you know, has lost, you know, lost a job or what have you, like he's going to come back with that hunger. Like he, he's going to come back with that hunger for it. You know? So um, good luck to him. And, and we wish him all the best for the rest of the season as we would as Steelers fans, as Aussie NFL fans, and just you know, bloke to bloke. But Mark... We've talked about that last week, part one of the show. Mark and I can't wait to talk to you in part two about previewing this week's game against the Baltimore Ravens, the black and purple round one title fight. So because we know we're going to be pretty deep, deep, deep in that, we're going to move our sling in the slang a little bit earlier to this week's show. As always, if you're new to the program, each week, Mark and I try to give you a bit of a taste of Aussie language, a bit of flavor, give you a word that you can throw around with your mates, whether you're when it's watching the game before, after, when you're talking about the game, when you go back into work, whatever it is, you know, we like to give you a bit of Aussie slang. So, Mark, what is your Aussie slang word for this week for the Steelers fans out there to drop in their everyday vernacular? Well, every day... So th- this week I'm gonna you know throw another another curveball. I always try and get you laughing, and I'm, you know maybe you will, maybe you won't. But I went for my uh, weekly podcast walk, and I do about another hour hour around the coast, walk around all the beaches, and you know up some hills, down some hills, and here there. Um, but on on the way home, I went past this uh, uh, tree, and I saw about uh, I think it was about six magpies. Uh, and in Australia, magpies are a, a big bird. They're like a uh, uh, kind of a fearsome bird. They're not like, like an eagle or a raven, but they're still pretty pesky. 
Um, and what we call magpies are maggies. And during this season of the, the magpies or the maggies, um, they have a tendency to, you know, to peck you or to ch- chase you. So I got pretty, I'll, I'll be honest, I got a bit scared. I saw six of them. And when you see them with little babies as well, you get even more nervous because you know if you were to be in their territory and walk past them, that the maggies might swoop you. Uh, I've been swooped a few times. I reckon, Matt, you've probably been swooped a dozen of times. As well, and when I was kids, we used to do it on purpose, and that's pretty dangerous. Um, they can go for your eyes. But, <laughs> yeah, if we're talking about Ravens Week, I wanted to bring up a bird theme. Actually, we, we versed quite a few birds, and there's cardinals, there's eagles, it oh, doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, Maggie. So I'm not too sure how you guys will say that uh, in American language or around the world, but it's just funny. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one, Mark. And yeah, they do swoop without a doubt. Like, um, I haven't properly been swooped. My, one of my grandfathers had a, a chunk of his ear taken out with one. Though. Really? Yeah, yeah. They swooped oh, see, me down and took a decent Another decent dangerous chunk. animal, guys. That, that, when you yeah, you said cardinals there. That's funny there, right? So obviously I, I, we don't have them this season. But when I was in Pittsburgh last year for the Bills game, we went out to Pittsburgh Zoo. We're big animal people, right? And I got to see a cardinal in the in the flesh, like the little little red bird, like about yeah, right. you know the size of like your palm of your hand kind of thing. Man, that was like that was awesome. They're a really cool little bird. Like I love animals, and I do quite like birds as well. In fact, Steelers fans, Google Regent Honey Eater. Regent Honey Eater is an Australian rare bird that was almost got down to only three hundred population in Australia. They are literally a Steelers bird. They're like white body, black feet, black tail, black and yellow, like netted star wings. Really, really cool bird. And they've like, through conservation here, they've like gone back up in population. Do they <laughs> um, eat honey? Regent honey eater. Regent Do they honey eat honey eater. though? Or is it, is it just a farce? Well, they, I think they take the nectar out of like, they're like, <laughs> the honey eaters are a big, a big brand of bird. But, um, but yeah, so, or breed of bird, not brand of bird. Um, but yeah, well, I think that'll be my singing the slang actually. Cause it's so funny. I take a lot of photos of them. I, I don't mind a bit of photography and I'm always putting them on Instagram going, Oh yeah. Hashtag Steelers bird. And I've never heard of it. A region, a region honey eater. Yeah. Region honey eater. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but listeners that wraps us up for part one of this week's, this week's show previewing, Steelers big game against the Ravens this week. Looking back at last week's Titans game, stay tuned for part two. We will preview everything Steelers-Ravens. Look forward to joining you in part two of the show.